Thank you, Jesus. My soul is tested this morning. Our Lord, I declare my, the thirst of my heart, of my soul for you this morning. Father, I want to know the one who loved me so much, the one who gave his only begotten son to pay for my sins. Lord, I declare that I want to know you like your servant soul. I pray this morning that I will know you and the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. Jesus, I know that you gave up so much for me and you suffered so much for me. I pray this morning that all oh, that my heart, Lord, will know, will know how much, how much you gave up for me. Lord, I say thank you this morning for the gift of life, for the gift of your mercies, for the grace to be able to come into your presence this morning. Lord, I say thank you. Be glorified in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we have come once again. We have come to learn in your presence. We have come to uh, drink from the fountain of your word. I am asking today, Lord, that you will help someone. Help someone soak in the lessons in your word today. Help someone imbibe uh, the lessons that they need to change, to make a change in their lives. Lord, let your name alone be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Welcome to everyone listening in this morning. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, whatever time it is you are listening in. I am Murphy Eyenike, sharing devotion with you. All right, join me back in our reading of the book of 1 Samuel. Today we will be taking chapter 17 and 18. Remember, yesterday we stopped on chapter 16. Chapter 16, Samuel goes to anoint a king in Jesse's house and we saw the lessons we learned there as David was anointed in the midst of his brothers yes so obviously it's only a matter of time that uh, Saul realized that uh, <laughs> the spirit has left him haven't left him the spirit obviously has gone to someone and Samuel already told him the nation has been torn from your hand okay so at this point, Saul was just looking out. Who is the person that is going to replace me? And of course, naturally, Saul was ready to take them out. So chapter 17 focuses on that epic battle between David and Goliath. So we see the lessons to learn from the, from the fight. And then chapter 18, we see the account of Paul of Saul's jealousy get out of hand. All right, so please flick to First Samuel chapter 17 and let's read together. The Philistines now mustered their army for battle and camped between Soko in Judah and Azekal at Ephes Damim. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops near the valley of Elah. I don't know about you, you know, but every time we have read 
about the army after Saul took over. It was always referred to as Is, gathering his Israelite troop, as his troop. And I think that was very, very, uh, that is a very strong point to note. Okay, uh, it was literally as if the armies were fighting for him and not for the nation anymore. I'm telling you, Saul's ego was as big as a mountain, bigger than his head, definitely. Verse 3 says, So the Philistines and Israelites Israelite faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine rank to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 135 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. Hmm, this guy was terrifying, I'm telling you. The shaft of his spear was, an, was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. This guy was intimidating, he was massive. And I'm telling you, in applying this story, Goliath can represent anything that is bigger than you. Any challenge that seems to be intimidating and, you know, overwhelming for you, Goliath can represent that. Okay, so let's learn the lessons and we'll apply, we'll see how it applies to us. Verse 8 says, Goliath stood, stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servant of Saul. Now that is a terrible taunt. Like I said, it was always referred to as Saul's army. Okay? So Goliath is saying that I am the Philistine champion. I am representing my nation, but all of you are just only servants, servants of Saul. He said, choose one man to come here and fight me if he kills me then we will be your slaves but if i kill him uh, you will be our slaves i defy the armies of israel today send me a man who will fight me <laughs> remember that saul is the tallest so he is the tallest man in the in the nation of israel even saul was paralyzed okay and intimidated by the sheer presence of Goliath. I'm telling you, you need to read again, you know, <laughs> the accounts that was given of the of his, his weapons and his defense. That guy was massive. And like I said, Goliath represents, you know, anything that is so overwhelming, that is so, uh, is bigger than you and you have not been able to overcome. Verse 11 says, when Saul and the Israelites had this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now David was the son of a man named Jesse, an Ephrathite from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. Jesse was an old man at that time, and he had eight sons. Jesse's three oldest sons, 
Eli, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimei had already joined Saul's army to fight the Philistines. David was the youngest son. David's three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army, but David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. Remember that David already um, went to the palace, right? Yes, uh, in chapter 16, we know that David went to the palace already, at least invited. So this is very, very, very possible. It was very, very, very possible that David would go play for the king and never saw the king, okay? And obviously, maybe the king is lying in bed. You know, the veil is there. He just knows that somebody is playing. And that was all. The Bible said that Saul liked him, okay? And then asked his father to ask him to... To, to stay behind so the account here yeah, of course still match stay behind longer than he should have maybe stayed maybe a day or two you know but eventually obviously david had to go home you know to his father verse 16 let's take 15 again say but david went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in bethlehem for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champions trotted in front of the Israelite army. One day, uh, Jesse said to David, uh, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these ten cuts of cheese uh, to, to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they are doing. David's brothers were with Saul and the Israelite army at the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So I'm sure you still remember when Eliab, Eliab, for example, stood before Samuel, right? The Bible says he was massive, he was tall and handsome, okay? But God said he had rejected him before they eventually anointed, anointed David. But obviously Saul was still the tallest man man in israel but eliab also would have been very tall okay verse 20 says so david left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as jesse had directed him okay very important he left the sheep with another shepherd he did not abandon the sheep oh david was someone who was very very diligent so very small um, little observation there if you are not careful you would you would have missed he did not leave the sheep to themselves he left them to, to someone else another shepherd to take care of them he said he arrived at the camp just as the israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries soon the israelites and philistine forces stood facing each other army against army David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. <laughs> As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David had him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife 
and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying tax. I want you to note what these men are saying. They have just told David that, look, this is the reward that the king you know, has offered to anyone who will be able to take out this giant. If you are able to take him out, the king is going to give you one of his daughter and the king is going to exempt your family from paying taxes. Naturally, obviously, you will become very rich. You are now the king's son-in-law. Okay, so uh, obviously you, you are now you are now blessed. Okay, so David hears this and his ears stands stands and is wondering, wow, what massive rewards. Verse 26, David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get from killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? So David asks that, look, please confirm again. Ask someone else, confirm again, are you saying that this is what they have offered? And the guy most likely obviously would have recounted that the same thing. And David is wondering, so why is this Philistine still standing? But beyond that, David says something very important. How could this guy you know, be left to defy the armies of the living God? Remember, up till now, everyone was Saul's army, okay? And they were servants of Saul. <laughs> Remember how Goliath taunted them. I am the Philistine champion. All of you are just servants of Saul. David turns it on, a, on its head and says, how can this person be allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And I'm telling you, if the armies is Saul's, then Saul is supposed to defend them. But if the armies is God, the living God, then God will be the one to fight for his armies. I'm telling you, so this young man was, I'm telling you, was, was blessed. Verse 27 says, And these men gave David, these men gave David the same reply. They said, Yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Eliab, had David talking to the men. He was angry. What are you doing around here anyway? He demanded. What about those few sheep you are supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. So, I don't know why Eliab was angry with, with David. We know that there was something wrong when David came, you know, when Samuel came to anoint a king in Jesse's house for whatever reason the youngest you know, was forgotten in the backside and nobody remembered to present him maybe because of his age but there are scholars who say that because David was from you know another mother and that was why he was just treated so differently but here you know Eliab you guys have not been able to take on this on this giant and there is somebody asking to know i'm ready to fight this person and you are angry and you are reminding him that there are some few little sheep that he's supposed to go and take care of and that you know that he's he's proud and deceitful i don't know those were those were very sharp words what have i done now david replied verse 29 i was only asking a question he walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. I don't know why 
I'm telling you what David wanted to be sure. Are you guys serious? That this is what the king has offered. And they have confirmed, yes. Verse 31 says, Then David's question was reported to King Saul, and the king sent for him. Okay? Verse 32 says, Don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I will go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You are only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this uh, to both lions and bears, and I will do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. Hmm. I'm telling you, Saul should already have been afraid. This boy is referring to this army as the army of the living God, and not the armies of Saul. He says, the Lord has rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear. It says the God, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear, who rescued me from these Philistines. You know, so David is saying, I know that it was God who helped me when I took on the lion and the bear. And if God helped me with the lion, helped me with the bear, surely he is able to help me with this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Verse 38, then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in this, he protested to Saul. I am not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd bag. Then Armed with only only uh, armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. I'm telling you, the only explanation I can give to this is that the the nation was already desperate. Why would you allow a young boy to fight on behalf of the nation unless you know that you were not going to keep your side of the agreement? Goliath already said, if I win, then all of you become our slave. So you already intended that if they kill this boy, no, we will just continue the battle. Verse 141, Goliath walked out towards David with his shield bearer ahead of him, snaring in content at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog? He rowed at David, that you came at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the name of his God. Hmm. Come over here, and I will give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. Hmm. I'm telling you, David would not keep quiet. Too. David replied to the Philistine, you come to, me with, you come to me with sword, spears, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, 
the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. David says, I mew, I am fighting for your God. Remember, Goliath already invoked the name of his own God. And that is the reason why everybody was so terrified for, of him. He invoked the name of his own God. And I'm telling you, David also invokes the name of the God of Israel. He says that you will know, the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And I'm telling you, when you are confronted with a Goliath, this is what you must do. Every Goliath has a God standing behind them, has a God under them that makes them so strong, so powerful. Unless you to know your God, you understand that there is a God that stands behind you, that stands under you. I'm telling you that the enemy can easily, quickly overcome you. Okay, so you mu- we must learn from how David takes on this on this Goliath. Notice also that David did not, you know, keep quiet when the Goliath was speaking to him. When the Goliath was cursing him, no, David spoke out, cursed him back, you know. And I'm telling you, when Goliath stands in front of you, he's speaking to you. Your Goliath might be your finances. Your Goliath might be something you have been struggling with, a persistent cause that has been in, in this family. Your Goliath might be this uh, persistent miscarriage or this barrenness that has just refused to go you can't afford to keep quiet are you okay you have to open your mouth that barrenness is speaking to you you can't afford to keep quiet speak back declare what the word of god says i'm telling you you will see that you will have your victory verse 47 and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescued, rescues his people, but not with sword and spears. Uh, this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. So David understands that he's fighting on the behalf of God. And I'm just looking at God in heaven. Hey, this boy is going to put me in trouble. So yes, <laughs> whatever David did was was little and i'm telling you when god is the one fighting on your side you would not need to do much it might just be a shout it might just be an expression of faith and you'll see the power of god most verse 48 as goliath moved closer to attack david quickly ran out to meet him and i'm telling you that is faith uh, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with a sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed <laughs> over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone for he had no sword. I'm telling you, David, I don't know how he, obviously he had perfected the sling he already said he used it on the on the bear used it on the lion but even then he said it was a club he used then you know but whatever weapon he used remember the bible says that the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal but they are mighty in god yes this is what happened to david here god just took that sling that one stone and took down a giant that had defied everybody he said he had no sword then david ran over 
and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed o- rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road from Sharem as far as Gath and Ekron. Then the Israelite army returned and plundered the deserted Philistine camp. David uh, took the Philistine head to Jerusalem, but he stored the the man's armor in his own tent. As Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is this young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hands. Tell me about your father, young man, Saul said. And David replied, his name is Jesse, and we live in Bethlehem. Wow, quite an astounding an astounding battle and a lot of lessons for us to uh, learn from here so we will not i'm not sure we'll be able to read the whole of chapter chapter 18 today but let's start chapter 18 and conclude it tomorrow it says um after david chapter 18 verse 1 after david had finished talking with saul he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. So yes, there was a massive love immediately. You know, it was mutual between David and Jonathan. Whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So Saul made him a commander over the men of war, an appointment that was welcomed by the people and source officer alike. Remember, David was anointed at 17. We don't know exactly when, okay, but obviously David was still very young at this time. Verse 6 says, when the when the victories, victorious Israelite army was returning home after David had killed the Philistines, women from all the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. This was their song. Saul was, has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. These women didn't know the trouble they were, they were, they were just about to create. Uh, this made Saul very angry. What's this? He said. They credit David with 10,000 and me with only thousands. Next, they will be making him their king. So from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. <laughs> the very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul and he began to rave in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp. 
as he, as he did each day. But Saul had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped, escaped him twice. So can you imagine? He was already trying to kill David because he was just afraid of him. I'm sure he would have found out that Jonathan loves David so much, gave him all give him his sword, give him his bow, his belt, everything. In essence, Jonathan was literally, you know, making them one. If he was literally giving David his life, and I'm telling you, Saul understood what that meant. He said, But David escaped him twice. Saul was then afraid of David, for the Lord was with David and had turned away and had turned away from Saul. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over 1,000 men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did, for the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. So I'm telling you, everyone at this time had forgotten that the king promised to give his daughter, you know, to whoever kills whoever kills Goliath. So I'm sure Saul quickly remembers verse 17. So one day Saul says, say, said to David, I'm ready to give you my older daughter Mirab as your wife. But first you must prove yourself to be a real warrior by fighting the Lord's battle. What do you mean by real warrior? Someone who just killed Goliath? <clears throat> okay. So for Saul, Saul thought, I will send him out against the Philistine and let them kill him rather than doing it myself. Who am I? Uh, what is my family in Israel? That I should be the king's son-in-law? David exclaimed, My father's family is nothing. So when the time came for Saul to give his daughter Merab in marriage to David, he gave her instead to Adriel, a man from Mehola. Hmm. Can you imagine? Uh, this guy was just two-faced. In the meantime, Saul's daughter Micah had fallen in love with David and Saul was delighted when he heard about it. Here's another chance to see how to see him killed by the Philistine. Saul said to himself. So obviously, he would have given that challenge to David. David tried carried it out and he didn't give him Merab. Now he says, oh, uh, this is another chance. Your maker like, likes you. Same thing Saul said to him. Um, but to David he said, uh, today you have a second chance to become my son-in-law. <laughs> then Saul told his men to say to David, the king really likes you and, and so do we. Why don't you accept the king's offer and become his son-in-law? So I'm sure by this time David is wondering, I'm not interested. I'm not just interested. But obviously, David would have been encountering Micah and he knows that Micah likes him. When Saul's men said these things to David, he replied, How can a poor man from a humble family afford a bright price for the daughter of a king? When Saul's men reported this back to the king, he told them, Tell David that all I want for the bright price is 100 Philistine foreskins. <laughs> Vengeance on my enemies, all I really want. But what Saul had in mind was that David would be killed in the fight. David was delighted to accept the offer. Before the time limit expired, he and his men went out and killed 200 Philistines. Then David fulfilled the king's requirement by presenting all their foreskins to him. So Saul gave his daughter Micah to David to be his wife. 
when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and and how much his daughter Mecca loved him, Saul became even more afraid of him, and he remained David's enemy for the rest of his life. Every time the commander of the Philistine attacked, David was more successful against them than all the rest of Saul's officers. So David's name became very famous. Wow! So, however Saul tried to trick David, David, God always just made a way for David. And I'm telling you, when you are confronting your Goliath, there is nothing to be afraid of. There's, there's nothing to bother yourself scheming about. I want you to pray this morning. Lord, every Goliath in my life comes down in the name of Jesus. Every Goliath in your life, I pray this morning, the Lord will take down. In the mighty name of Jesus. If there's anything troubling your soul, if there's anything troubling you this morning, I declare in the name of Jesus that you overcome. Father, we thank you. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.